in mind oh praise his name throughout the ages 
something today that I think is very simple, and I hope to have a short message. I know you don't believe that, but I hope this is what it is. I'm going to surprise myself, okay? I was thinking this week, I was thinking about these scriptures. I want you to turn, if you will, the seventh chapter of Romans. But I was thinking of this scripture, and I was thinking of the law and I was thinking of how God made the plan of salvation. We got young people in this church, and some of them get to an age where they're ready to drive. Now, a lot of them want to drive before they're 16. A lot of them's ready at 14, 15. But how many knows they don't get to drive until they're 16? Why? Because that's the law. There's a law that's written, and our laws, when they're written, and here's the thing the young people don't understand. They think they're ready because they can steer the car better or they know where the brake shoe is. But can I tell you something that what they don't see? They don't see that when they begin to drive or when they go to get their license and they give them that certificate, from that day on, they're accountable to all laws. Every law that's got to do with driving, young person, you might as well learn them because I can tell you right now, you could slow down and see for a mile in four directions, but if you ease through that stop sign and a cop sees you, he's going to pull you over. He don't care if nobody was coming. The law says you're to stop and then go. And don't tell me none of you has ever done that. <laughs> but how many knows there's a law written and you ain't going to get around the law? You are stuck in the law. Well, man born of a woman comes into this life. And when you get to an age of accountability, you're going to find yourself to a place where God begins to deal with you through his word. And through his word, there is law that comes out. Law that will tell you how guilty you are. 
And praise God, I'm glad there is a law because unless we know our case, unless we know we're lost, unless we know we need forgiveness, we will never get there. We'll think everybody just get out of my way. You know, I can drive fine down through the snow. I'd go to work downtown and I'd think to myself, if I could just get all these other people to get off the road, I'd drive fine. But you know what? There's laws, and the laws are written for a purpose. And I thought about this. I want you to turn to the seventh chapter, and I want you to look at the first part of it. I'm going to read the first six verses. First, before I read that, I want to read the last verse of the sixth chapter. You've heard that all your life. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, you know what? That adds up pretty straight. The wages of sin is going to kill you. Your death is your, is your wages for the sin in your life. And every time I put myself, and I've said this many times, every time I put myself next to this word, I come up guilty. I come up short. I come up not measuring up. I miss the mark. I'm not being obedient in all those areas. And to me it is sin. For them to know to do good and do it not, it is sin. So we're not surprised at ourselves because the problem is and that's the reason the law is a beautiful law it was God's word written but none of us can measure up to it how many knows nobody can measure up I don't care who you are you may think that your mother and father measured up you may think that your uh, your child measures up they're just perfect but I'm going to tell you right now they're not give them time this, this old person here ain't able to keep God's law. You know, I can tell you, uh, I do all the laws of driving except for that one about the speeding part. How many knows that still makes me a, a lawbreaker? And every one of us are lawbreakers. You go put the Ten Commandments in front of you, you'll find yourself guilty somewhere. You know you will. In the seventh chapter, I want you to look at the first verse. It says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he lives. Just like that driver, you know, just like that driver in that car. From the day you get your license, you got that law hanging in front of you all of your driving career. And until you give up driving, you're uh, accountable to keep the law, no matter what age you are or what it is. This is God's law, and he's saying, he's saying here, speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman which hath a husband, is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of the husband. Now, I'm not putting on nobody's divorce or 
or getting on anybody's case about anything else. This is really not about this. Even though Paul is talking about a divorced person or a person committing an adulterous act, I want you to understand that's not what God's talking about. That's, what not, that's not what Paul's talking about, talking about. It goes to verse, verse 3. It says, So then if while her husband lives she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is freed from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Listen to verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about all of your life, whether you like it or not, you're accountable to God's word. God's law is standing before you. The only way that I can make it, because I can't make it trying to do the law myself. How many knows your good works ain't going to make it? It says, by faith, down in Ephesians 2, 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. So no matter how good you do, no matter how many laws you do good on the outside, God knows the intent of your heart, and you will come up guilty. Jesus even went even a little farther in the fifth chapter of Matthew when he began to say, the law says thou shalt not kill. But if you hate someone without a cause, you're guilty of the same thing that the person that killed somebody. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You'll be faced with judgment. He also says, it says thou shalt not commit, it, uh, uh, commit adultery. But if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery in your heart already. Now, everybody in here ain't stupid to what I'm talking about. But I want you to understand something, other. When you hear these things, you have to come to the conclusion, I can't do this on my own. This is bigger than me. It was bigger than me even though God's law is still holy and it's still beautiful. But if I don't get released from it, I'm going to be bound to go to hell the way I'm going. You don't want to hear that, but it's true. And the sad part today in the world of the church, all through the different denominations, we keep trying to do good works to make us make it to heaven. And that good works ain't going to get you to heaven. You can pay your tithes. You can show up to church every time the doors open. You can get on your knees and say his name. But I'm going to tell you something. God looks at the heart of who you are. He knows what you're guilty of. He knows what you're what your heart is doing, he knows what's going on inside of you. Now you understand that it took something more than the law to bring me. The law never was a law that says, if you do this law, you'll go to heaven. There isn't a law that's a savior. The law just brings you guilty, and it, what it really does is bring you to Christ. Because, see, God... After he gave the law and all of us were guilty, when we, when we get to that age, guess what happens? He had to send his only son 
to pay our price so we have a way of escape. See, I know I couldn't measure up, but I bring it to Jesus. I bring all my sin. I bring all my failures. I bring my walk of yesterday and my walk of tomorrow. Because can I tell you something? I know I'll fail God sometime down tomorrow. But he already loves me. And he'll bless, Bobby said it before, he'll bless me today knowing I'm going to fail him. He, he had, David, and we talked about it before, had a man after God's own heart. Who's on back? A man after God's own heart, and yet David failed God. We all see it. We all read it. I want you to hear this because it's important. It says on down in verse 5, And when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. More or less, when we brought ourselves to the place where we came to the house of God and somebody told you about, uh, it, you know, about the wages of sin being death, when you start looking at your own personal self and you do an examination and you say, I've come short, God. <coughs> I'm a sinner. I've come short. But that's what God wants you to do. <coughs> I don't know what's going on. Something's trying to choke me up. It says verse 6, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Now, what needs to happen? There needs to be a change inside of us. Listen to me, Christian. There's, this is not being taught today. We're not teaching simple salvation. We're teaching come join the church. Come and write your name in the book. Come and be a, a fellowship with us and we'll have the biggest time. We'll laugh and cut up. We'll sing songs. We'll have a good time. And you know what it is? It's a social gathering to make you feel better. But can I tell you something? There's something in wrong inside of us that God sent his son to die for. And unless we come to him and say, Lord, I'm guilty and I need you. I need you to save me. I need you to heal me inside. <coughs> I want to skip on down to where you do. I want you to look back at verse 4 again. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become, thank you, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. See, Jesus, we became dead to the law. Why? Jesus said, give me your sins and I will die with them. I'll be the sacrifice that the Father will accept. See, now when God sees you and me, he sees the blood of his son that covers our life. If you by faith come and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, guess what? You don't have to work by the law to make it. You don't have to serve the law that way no more. You serve by the spirit of God that's in you. And that spirit that was in Christ, he walked a perfect walk. So it's only righteousness I can put on is Jesus Christ. He's the only one I have. 
I don't have no righteousness of my own to tally up and say, Lord, God, look at me. He already knows what's going on. But he looks at his son. We are hidden in the rock of Christ. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Unless you understand all the good deeds you're doing doesn't add up to save you. You need to come and accept him. And Jesus Christ paid the price. And God says if you accept him by faith. You know, John 3 tells us we're to be born again. Born of the spirit. We're already born of the flesh. But now we have to be born of the spirit. And you ain't going to get to heaven outside of that. I'm sorry. I'm not your judge. But none of us will make it. Without we get a hold of who Jesus is, without we realize that he paid the only price, he is the only one that paid my debt. Nobody else. And I must come and accept his sacrifice. And I must accept what he did for me. And I have to surrender myself to him. And then his Holy Spirit will come. And it will come inside. And now I don't serve the law no more. I serve the Spirit of God. I mean, here's what I'm saying. That's where we're missing it. See, we still think we can do good deeds and get on the good side of God. and He'll bless you. Oh, he'll give you a new car. He'll give you a car and somebody else will pay for it. Big deal. He's still going to leave it behind. And it ain't going to help you into heaven one bit. Might get you there quicker if you have a wreck, but that's about it. I want you to turn to Romans 8 now. Next chapter. It says in Romans 8, first, the first verse, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So how many knows what our walk is? Let me tell you something, if you ain't walking in the spirit, you can do all of the laws the best that you can do, and you're still coming up short. You have to learn to say, I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm going to walk with the spirit of God in me, and when the spirit of God says, don't go there, I'm getting out of there. And when the spirit of God says, speak to somebody, I'm going to speak up. I can't help if my words ain't that good. I can't help what, as long as the Spirit of God in me is leading and guiding me, and Jesus even said it, when it's expedient that I go away so I can send the other comforter, and when he comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He's going to guide us what we need to be doing. Where is our walk? It's in him. It's in the Spirit that has been sent back because Jesus paid it, and he is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I. Praise God. You know what? I can't save nobody. My father could never save nobody. No preacher can save nobody. It was Jesus Christ that paid our price. Him and him alone. In Christ alone will I glory. It goes on to say, it says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Read this the other night. At the funeral, but it's, this is this says for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now it is not per se a law that says to you, uh, 
I demand you do this. No, what it is, it's the law of just like a child that wants to drive. He has to go by the law. He has to go by the way and the direction to get his license. But little does he know once he gets in it, he's bound by it for life everywhere he drives. But see, we don't understand here when you get a hold of it, it says the law of the spirit of life, that Holy Spirit that comes to live in it. The law of that spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So, you know, listen to me. If you know the spirit of God, it's what I want you to hear. If you know the spirit of God inside of you, if he lives in you and he dwells and you've invited him and you ain't afraid to say, I know Jesus Christ and I have his spirit inside of me. If you get a hold of that and that's where your prayer is and that's where your love is and that's where your, your uh, whole life is built upon, you will find yourself living right through death's door. Praise God. See, I can tell you right now, Larry would never come back here. He loves everybody, can I tell you? He showed a lot of love, but can I tell you, he wouldn't come back here. He's went through death's door, and somewhere along the way, when he found Jesus and he allowed the Spirit of God to come in and transform and change his heart, when he finally came to a place of rest, I couldn't save myself. I was guilty. I was lost. I didn't know what to do. But Jesus, he said, I paid your price. You come to me. And when he come, guess what? He not only died for Larry's sin, but he died and then he brought life to it. He brought the resurrection of the spirit inside of it. See, I don't want nobody coming into this church and walking back out of this church and say, I, I've been to church all my life, I'm ready. No, you're not ready if you haven't accepted the Spirit of God inside of you. That's part of what salvation is. It is what salvation is. It lets you know it witnesses inside of you that God is in me. I may not, he, not, he may not audibly speak to me, but sometimes I can open my Bible and I'll turn to something and all of a sudden it's like a bright light shine right on that one spot. And I'll read it five times and I'll think, Ryan, I've read that five times. Lord, what are you saying to me? But before the week's out, God has bloomed it into something that is just sparking my soul. I can't be still thinking about it because it's what God wants me to hear. It's what the Holy Spirit is heard and he wants to feed that to me. There's another verse I want to read. It's in, I got to turn to it because I didn't write it down. 1 Peter 1.18 it says, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, you can't buy your way there. From your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers. Mom and dad can tell you you're the best little boy, best little girl in the world. Can I tell you? Mom and dad can't get you to heaven. Jesus Christ is who you've got to come to. Mom and dad is trying their best to be accountable to their children of what God gave them. And they're supposed to teach them about Jesus. 
because Jesus is the only way. But it says, goes on to say, but with the blood, with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you, for you, for you, for every one of us. He was manifest. He was brought forth. And it was his blood that paid our price. Back to Romans 8. Romans 8, look at verse two, uh, 3. It says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. Wasn't nothing wrong with the law. It's just weak because we're trying to obey it. And we can't keep up with it. You know, it's like saying that guns is killing people. If we'll just make some more laws, then it'll quit killing people. And I'm going to tell you, we got enough guns on the, on the list. We got enough laws on the list. We don't need more laws. We just need people to obey the law. But it's not the law that makes the difference. It's what's going on in the heart. See, that's what's rising up and causing. Cain rose up with an evil and a hatred and a jealousy for his brother. And when he talked to him the next day, he killed him. That's what rose up inside of him and caused him to kill him was that hatred and that jealousy. That's in every one of us. Without the Spirit of God checks you. Without you say, I'm to be like Jesus. Lord, teach me, mold me and make me. Before when I was a sinner, he laid down his life and died for me. And I can tell you, he wants to help you grow and to learn. When you first get saved and you come up, you, you commit, you confess your sin, you say, Lord, I'm guilty. You don't have to confess what you did. I'm just saying you confess to him. Lord, I'm guilty and I need a Savior. He will save you. He will set you free. He has told you that if you'll do that, he will no wise turn you away. But if you do that, doesn't mean you're going to get some electrical charge every time. No, as you begin to walk, that Holy Spirit will move in you. And he'll begin to work in you. And he'll begin to teach you. And you'll begin to hear his voice. And all of a sudden, the things you used to do with no problems, the Holy Spirit convicts you over. Oh, I shouldn't go there. Holy Spirit's telling you don't go there. How I many here's what I'm saying? Christians, we need to walk this right. We need to live this gospel. Live it the way it's been told. Live it the way the Bible teaches us. It says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. The only way I can obey God's law is to walk in the spirit. And you know what? Even then, this old man in there keeps trying to get up and say, you put me to death, but I'm going to get back up. Oh, if you deserve it. Somebody said it. They said it the other night. Oh, I deserve it. I deserve it. So I went tried to buy a car one time. And the car dealer looked at me. And Shirley, we're in a, a Buick LeSabre back in the 80s. 
oh, this is way over our head. But if I'd have listened to what that salesman said, he said, when he found out he's Christian, and I said, we're praying about whether we should buy. Oh, if you're on the right level of faith, you can just have that car. That's what he said to me and Shirley. And I just turned and looked at Shirley. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, why don't we stop here? We might as well stop at the Cadillac place. <laughs> kind of silly, ain't it? You know what? I, I think he's represented, he's missed the gospel somewhere. He's missed it when you think. You can name and claim that stuff like that. I, if I got what I deserve, I deserve nothing. But when I pray, God gives me what I need. Not what I decide to just reach out and touch the stars with. That's the work. That is trying to mix your flesh in it. You're trying to use the name of God, and yet you're trying to fulfill your flesh of what you want. Something's wrong with that. Add it up to yourself. Something's wrong. You may say, I've worked hard, and I went out and bought me a Cadillac. That's fine. You work for it. You pay for it. That's all on you. But don't put God's name on it and say, if I get me a Cadillac, it's because God blessed me because I got the right faith, and you don't. Because I can tell you, look out. God will show you just about where your faith is one day. Okay, I'll leave that alone. It says in verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded, listen to this, Christian, to be carnally minded is death. How many hears that? If you're going to be carnally minded, you're going to die. You keep walking in the carnal life and you keep saying, I got to fulfill my flesh. I deserve it. You keep saying, I got to have, I got to have. It's me, me. My flesh likes it. And you know, the first John, was it 2, 5, 15 through 17? It talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And every one of us has got that. And all of a sudden, when we start walking through this world, we want something. Oh, I deserve it. My eyes saw it. I want it. That's why God all wrote all the way back there, don't covet your neighbor's stuff. Don't cover it, covet his wife. Don't covet his, his servants. Don't cover his automobiles. Don't cover all, covet all that stuff. You know what? You don't run by that flesh no more. You run by the Spirit of God. You walk by the Spirit of God. Listen to the voice of God. Stay in tune with spiritual things. If you'll think on spiritual things, you'll be fulfilled in your flesh. And you'll have joy inside of you. And you'll have peace and rest. The thing that everybody's striving to find, you'll have it. doesn't matter how much money you got. It doesn't matter how much things you got. It just matters if Jesus walks with me and talks with me, tells me I'm his own. What a privilege. Who are we that he would love us that much? Who are we that he would move in and live here? Lord, I need to clean my house sometime. Lord, I need to straighten things out. I need to get rid of those fleshly things that keeps me away from going to church, keeps me away from living for you. Lord, I ain't picking at nobody's stuff. 
We all, we all got our stuff, you know. You want to come over and look at my stuff? You can come over and look at it. It's a bunch of junk that needs thrown in the garbage, but, you know, we always talk about it. I got drawers full of, let me say it, underwear, and, and, and she's bought me new packs of it, and I got new, but I'm just like my dad. I wear the old stained one, the old one that's, <laughs> Pop used to wear old T-shirts, and he had brand new ones in the, in the drawer. He saved them for a better day, I guess. <laughs> Becky, you know that's the truth. <laughs> but you know what? We're all that way. I got stuff in drawers that I never wear. They don't fit me right. I'm not young like I used to be. They don't look right on me. Nobody else wants them because they got their own stuff. <laughs> I try to look and say, well, maybe my grandson would fit into these. Maybe he'd like these. And, I, and then he, he, t- he might take them and be nice, but I think I got a feeling they're going to garbage cans. <laughs> it says, be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then they that are after the flesh cannot please God. But you are not after the flesh, but in the spirit. It says you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now listen to me, church, listen. Every single one of you hear this part of it. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I didn't say it. Apostle Paul said it under the power of the Holy Spirit and he's trying to let you know that's the direction that is the law of the spirit of life Christ paid the price he went away and sent the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of it where does God live God lives in heaven where else does he live he lives in you and I listen to me we are the temple of the Holy Spirit Christians we shouldn't be doing some things if we're the temple of the Holy Spirit Count God with you everywhere you go. Count him in you, waiting on you to listen and call upon him for for the advice that you need, for the things that you need. Instead of saying, but I want it. But I need it. I deserve it. I know I've got three pair of pants the same color, but I need that pair. I'm not picking on nobody, really. It says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. The spirit of God is in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. I like that last verse. But if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. So guess what, body? Get back there down on the ground where you belong. The Holy Spirit is who I'm listening to. I'm not fulfilling my flesh. I'm fulfilling what the Spirit of God tells me to do. And that's every one of us. I'm not talking about preachers. I'm talking about all of us that are living and calling ourselves a child of God because he paid to put to death it's not, it's not that the word of God is bad. 
but I'm not bound to it no more. I mean, here's what I'm saying. See, how could I make it if I'm bound to something? And that's what that's talking about when it's talking about it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual uh, adultery when you turn around and you have you keep trying to go back to doing the good things on your own self to make it to heaven. That's what Paul's talking about in that seventh chapter. He's trying to say you have been paid for. You actually the second person that she goes to, the woman where it says the woman marries another. Guess what? You have to marry Christ. You're not married to that law. The only way I could get out from under that law was because Jesus paid for me to get out from under that law, and then he fills me with the Spirit so I don't just follow the words. I follow the Spirit. And the Spirit will teach me what the Word of God is saying to me and how to obey it and how to walk in it. But see, we flip that over, and we take all the credit but look at me, I am really holy. Look at me, I am really righteous. Look at me, I go to church every time the door's open. Does that make me get to heaven? That ain't going to get me to heaven. I could be nice to my daddy. I've had people buy me coffee. I've had people open the door for me and think that's going to get them to heaven. I even had them want me to, to buy a lottery ticket because I could give my money back to God. But they wanted me to hook up with them so we could all win the lottery. And I can just give my money back to God, and God, I got connections. That's what these guys said to me. You got connections, Pruitt. If you'll play, guess what? We'll win. <laughs> and I just looked at him and said, I don't think God needs my money either. You know what? I'm not, I'm not really picking, but you know what? Without you see and know the Spirit of God, you don't know what I'm talking about. See, it just seems like the right thing to fulfill our flesh. Our flesh says, put your money here and you're going to get rich. And we all run. Let me tell you something. When the enemy holds that carrot out, look out. Learn to have the Spirit of God in you to discern that it's the enemy baiting you. I don't care how good they sound. I don't care what kind of white sheet they put over it. Be careful what you're following. Because listen to the voice of God and listen to the word of God. Because, see, he didn't say, I come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill the law. But that didn't help me and you unless he delivers us from the law. See, I'm dead to that. I don't have to go out and obey the law that way. I don't have to work at that. I'm working at following the spirit of God. It's why I, I, I know in our Churches today, the doctrinal things, the things that we set around, and there are nothing wrong with good traditions, but sometimes we build everything we do on I belong to this church. And I'm going to tell you something. You've got to belong to the Spirit of God. When He moves, you ought to be happy. A smile ought to go on your face. You ought to be thrilled when the Spirit of God has entered the room. I'm happy. I'm happy when I see Jesus touching a heart and a life. There are nothing sweeter. I used to sit over here when my dad was a pastor, and I cried every time somebody got baptized. I don't know why. It just thrilled me that they weren't ashamed to say, I want to tell everybody on the outside what happened to me on the inside. Jesus saved me. Jesus forgave me. I'm a child of the, God. I'm a child of the king today. 
and they come up there, and you know what? You could see it on their face. They were excited about what they were doing for him. Down at verse 13, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify, that's put to death, the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want to turn now to Galatians 5. You've heard this all your life, and I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to read a couple things. It talks about the works of the flesh. What are the works of the flesh? Works of the flesh are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation. I, I can give you the, the definitions of them. Lasciviousness is an un, unbridled passion of lust. And you know what? If you're in that, guess what? Spirit of God is going to be run off if you ever had it. Can I tell you something? You've got to turn away from the flesh. You've got to turn away and say, Jesus said he paid for me to be delivered. I'm delivered and I'm declaring myself a child of God. I don't have to follow this flesh no more. I don't have to become these people that he's talking about, this works of the flesh. It says variance. That means quarreling. The Lord will straighten up your attitude. You won't want to quarrel with your wife or your husband. You'll be a nice person. You'll be an old softy. Then it says emulations. That's envying another's success. All these things rise up in our flesh. Every one of us had them things until Jesus comes in. Then you have to say, you know what? The Lord wants me to love that person. I know they'll step on you and laugh at you. I've had them laugh because I was nice when they were being nasty. I told you I had a friend named R.D. Phelps, Church of God minister on the railroad. And I would see him standing out on the lead and he was, had his hand behind him, he's swinging, had his little belly and he's just swinging. And he's supposed to be giving me signals. Sometimes he'd run me in the boxcars doing that. But can I tell you something? He went out of his way to help people that hated his guts. I watched him on the railroad, them guys would make fun of him. I've worked with those other guys when they'd say, let's just leave it and let R.D. fix it. He don't care. I told a guy one time, I said, you don't realize how much he cares about you. You don't realize that God made him a lovely person inside. He's not stupid. He's walking with Jesus. Can I tell you something? We got to get back to those people. That's who Jesus is. Why are we fighting for our rights? My rights is in him. He knows exactly what I need to do. It talks about those works of the flesh. And then it talks about the, the fruits of the Spirit. And it says if you're walking in the Spirit, 
It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Temperance is that self-control. And that, that one's a tough one sometimes, especially on the highway. Trying to control yourself. But it says, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. If, you, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You can't be spiritual here on Sunday and walk like the devil the rest of the week. You can't be spiritual on Sunday and walk out and want to cut somebody off. You want to, you, if you had a gun, you'd shoot their tires out. You know? It's hard. It's a battle. But see, God can change your inside. He can calm you down. Praise God. Come on back up, baby. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And in the 6th chapter of 1 Corinthians 19 says, what, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? You know what? The Spirit of God didn't come in you because you're some special case. No, the Spirit of God comes in you. It's a gift from the Father. Jesus paid for it to come, and the Father delivered it. The Holy Spirit. Don't care who you are. I don't care what sin you've ever committed. Guess what? Jesus will clean your slate and give you the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that was in Jesus can come and live inside you. And you know what? Until you know that Spirit, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But when you know who the Spirit of God comes in, and when He begins, you know what the Spirit of God does? He reproves you. He checks you. He shows you what sin is in your life. He shows you what's righteous. He shows you what's judgment that's coming. You know what? There ain't a hardly a one of us here been raised in church that don't see judgment coming upon America. Don't see the, the enemy coming in and destroying our good people. And they're working on our children at all the time. You say, that's terrible. Why do you say that? I believe it with all my heart. I can't help it. I've been around this world that long, and I can see it. And I know my parents saw it. And I know my family sees it. And I'm not picking at nobody. We all got our generation to live in and to have victory in. And there's still the Savior who's never changed. He still has the power to overcome. He can take you through this life and deliver you to the Father's hands. The bride, his bride is preparing herself to go home. All I want to know is, Lord, keep me in your spirit. Keep me in love with you, Lord. Let your holy feelings, the holy power of your spirit flow through my body. That it will correct me and check me every time I get out of line. I need his spirit every day. I don't know about you, but I need him every day. He says, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 
This I say, and this is in Galatians 5, 16. This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh, it, the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Praise God, he said, it's free. I don't deserve it. It's like saying, I could come up and tell you I got a perfect driving record. I'd be a liar. There might not be things written on there, but can I tell you I'm guilty. I'm guilty in many ways. I'm not bound by the law. I'm bound to serve Jesus by the Spirit of God. That's what I'm, I'm married to him now. I'm not married to that law no more. That law has been put to death by what the work of Jesus did, and now I'm not bound to that no more. I'm free to serve him by the Spirit of God. You want to know why we want the Spirit of God in our church? Because we want him to work on us. We want him to teach us, show us, love us, correct us, bring us to the altar. These are our altars. We're trying to make it home. And we're trying to be part of the bride, ready to go when he calls our name. Keep your lamp trimmed and burning. Keep the oil in your lamp. Keep the Spirit of God in you. Be careful. The enemy's trying his best to steal, kill, and destroy the church today. He's trying to steal and kill all churches. He will shut them down if he can. I listened to a guy last night, me and wife, my wife did. He talked about how the churches are in so much trouble. So many of them are so worried about the, they're losing their tax exempt that they're just afraid to say the right thing anytime. They don't want nobody to make any waves. You know what? There's going to be a remnant of God's children that's going to speak up in the truth that's going to be said. And when the truth is said, guess what? God can do many mighty miracle things than just a handful that's faithful. <coughs> we must stay true to the very way of the very presence of His Spirit. We need to dig in, get closer. As a sinner, we cannot attain justification. You can't get justified, nor can you get sanctified, set apart. So the sin that you got you think you can just throw it down anytime? You can't. The Bible says you can't do that in your flesh. The flesh is bound to it. It says here, we cannot attain justification and sanctification by our own attempts to resist sin and obey the law of God. But as Christians, listen to this, we battle in union with Christ. Every day we battle. We battle to stay in alignment with him we have to read we have to study we have to pray we have to get songs together I thank you Cindy last night you know what 
it wasn't so much we sang a lot of Christmas songs and I thought maybe we'd run people off singing Christmas songs. But can I tell you something? I ain't looking at the Christmas songs. I'm looking at the Savior that came. I'm looking at the Savior that gives us the freedom to enjoy the times that God has given us. To have good fellowship with Christian people. Praise God. It says, we battle in union with Christ, Christian, and the Holy Spirit against the power of sin. And then it says, the way to victory over sin is by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that sets us free from the law of sin and death. We have to have the spirit of life. That's what Paul's teaching. There's a whole lot in that seventh chapter that I never touched. And it goes into areas where sometimes the, the gospel is so simple and sometimes it's so deep that you can't hardly comprehend what he's saying. You have to study it. You have to take time to go through it. But you know what? God made it that way so we would hunger for it. Praise God. Everybody stand, if you will. While she sings, if you need to pray, you come. If you have not the Spirit, you know what? I don't give you the Spirit, but we will pray with you, and the Spirit that's in us is the Spirit of Christ. And can I tell you something? When you come and open yourself to Him, there's nothing stopping. Anything that I ever received was because of what He did, not what I did. I just simply said, I surrender. I'm guilty and I surrender to you. While she sings, you come. In Christ alone will I glory, though I could pride myself in battles won. For I've been blessed beyond measure. By his strength alone I overcome And though I can stop and count successes Like diamonds in my hands But those trophies do not equal To the grace by which I stand
they were sitting in church the whole congregation of young people were sitting in a service in their youth camp and Jesus came back in the twinkling of an eye and the trumpet sounded and all of a sudden there was only a handful standing there the Lord came back and called for those that had his spirit in Listen to what I'm telling you. To get ready for the rapture of the church. To get ready and stay ready. You need the Spirit of God inside of you. Lord, help me strive to keep this vessel, this temple to be a holy place, Lord. Help me to strive to keep you in my life and to keep you first in all things. Because the enemy's trying to rock us to sleep. He's trying to take us and get us like those, those virgins that were not ready. Five were ready and five were not. Don't be left behind. Jesus could come anytime. They never believed the Messiah would ever show up, but Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago. Life changed then. They crucified him, but life changed. God made a new covenant. We can be a part of that covenant. Now is the time of grace. There won't be no grace when he comes to get his church. That time will be done. Then you'll have to probably give your head to be able to make it to heaven at all. God has did the best he could. He's gave his best. We don't deserve him, but he's got his hand of mercy. Mercy and grace. Unmerited favor. I didn't merit it. I didn't earn it. You don't earn it. You just come and receive what Jesus paid for. And from then on, you're, you know what? Don't make you all grown up and smart. You're still a new Christian. But everything will be a different life. God will begin to show you things you never saw before. Don't you want to be ready? Don't you love your loved ones? Don't you want them to be ready? 
I know we live in a world that's very selfish. They live for self. It's all about me. What do I get out of it? This ain't home. He's coming back, church. Listen to what I'm telling you. He's coming back. I don't know when. And I'm not even trying to scare you. I'm just trying to prepare you. Whenever he comes, it'll be worth it all. It'll be worth it all. Everything we went through, it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. Thank you for your patience.